Winners is drugs. No, I mean, it, uh, to me, it's like, it's the same thing as always. It's like, find what you like to do, which is what I'm learning. I don't actually know. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, which is apparently super common with people with trauma is that we just like, cause I've always said to people, I don't care what we do. I just care that there's a talking element, mm-hmm. right? Like I don't like going to the movies with a, fr- that, that's, Oh, I, I get, I get what you're saying. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. But like, if someone has a hobby they really want to do, it's like, I'll go do that. That's a trauma thing. So yeah. it's like, I don't realize. And that's why also I've been, I've gone to stuff that I've hated. And then like that friend has hated inviting me to, because I didn't like, I wasn't able to think, do I like to do this? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Prior to going, it was only once I had the experience that I was like, Oh, I fucking hate horseback riding, you know, like that kind of thing. I, I think I'm like, to, to what you were just saying, I think I'm the same way. Let's, let's hang out and have a conversation, mm-hmm. right? Like I can watch a movie on my own. There doesn't need to be other people around because mm-hmm. we're not talking about it. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I totally get that. I, I don't know if for me, if it has anything to do with trauma or if it's just conversation is, for me, the most enjoyable did activity. You, did you age out of it though? Cause like mm. I, in my 20s, I definitely enjoyed going to movies with people. Yeah, I mean, I, I enjoyed going to movies when I was younger just because I like movies and I never felt comfortable going to a movie alone. Mm. So I enjoyed that, but um, yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. Maybe there was a point when conversation wasn't really important to me with my friends but it certainly definitely became so at some point well i don't i don't even think like i've i was devaluing conversation i just think it's that in your 20s you're like there's weeks and weeks of hanging out with your friends every single day true and so like at some point you do run out of conversation and it's like you're not as like like time with people is not as precious as in your 30s like now it's like you kind of see your friend like every two weeks and mm-hmm. you're going to spend it not talking. Like that's insane. Yeah. That's insane. That that's totally makes sense to me. Um, I also think that for me, as I've gotten older, my ability to choose friends that I actually enjoy talking to has increased. Whereas like in my twenties, it was just like, you know, there's a bunch of us, but we were so different in personalities that a lot of the times it's like there would be someone who's in the group, right. That I hang out with every day. But as soon as it's just the two of us, I'm like, I got nothing to say to you. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Like we don't connect at all. Right. Whereas that, that's not happened as much for me now. I just watched, I just watched, um, the Seinfeld where yes, uh, George know, and Elaine. I know exactly that. <laughs> that definitely resonated with me. That yeah. Episode. It just, it reminded me about the day that like one of my really close friends told me that like, he's like, so I was over at my friend um, Ryan's house and I had invited my friend Johnny over mm. and like he came over and like, 
he was like act to me it seemed weird uh like because he was like oh like cool place like saying all this like stuff as if he had never seen it and i was like don't these guys hang out like when i'm not around like because oh, yeah. like i thought all my friends kind of hung out sometimes together or without me or whatever that was kind of like a group of five or whatever yeah <laughs> later he's like no man like you're the you're the glue guy mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. like you're the guy that if you leave the room everyone just kind of it's just there. <laughs> like yeah it's like awk you know just kind of and i never real yeah i just never realized that like they weren't friends out like or they weren't like friends enough to like invite each other over it was just always like the glad to see them like yeah, happy true. to be friends in a group but like not yeah that total i've been in a lot of scenarios as an introvert who's been friends with extroverts they've brought people into like the group and it's like I'm like, okay, whatever, but I don't really connect with this person. So if you're not here, it's just awkward, right? See, uh, and that's so weird. To, like, that's so, like, that's such a foreign concept to me. Yeah. Because, like, I, I, I'm genuinely, if I'm with anybody, I'm, it usually means I'm willing to be individual friends with them. True, but you're probably you're probably able to connect with a broader range of people than I am would be my guess. Right. Just cause though? I think, well, I think that's just the extroverted personality, right? I, I was having this conversation last night actually with someone who's, who, who was an extrovert and that's exactly what they said. It's like, they're like, I can talk to anyone is what, how they described it. Right. Whereas I, I don't think I can just, have a conversation with anyone i have to see the glimpse or a spark of of a certain aspect of their personality that i can hook into that forms that connection right yeah but just because i can talk to people doesn't mean i necessarily want to be friends what i'm saying is like i wouldn't be intimidated by having a one-on-one with that person to see if we'd be good friends like outside that's why it's like not a it might not be a good friendship yeah, so like it let's say I don't know, let's say I had you over for a board game night and I had a bunch of other people that you had never met before. Mm-hmm. Would you find that uncomfortable or would you be okay with that, right? Uh I mean I have social anxiety, so it for sure would yeah. not be super comfortable, but like uh mostly I it depends. Like it it's I I would say 99% of the time, once I'm actually at the place, I'm totally comfortable. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But these are people that now you're having a conversation with and presumably you're enjoying their company, but you didn't choose. Like they're not people that you chose to hang around with, right? Yeah. But it, but it's that thing of like I kind of narrow in on the person I am enjoying talking to mm. and I don't really worry about uh, like, you know, when you guys host and stuff, like you, you have to like go and try to feel one yeah. of the beauties of being the invitee is you don't have that pressure. True. True. So it's just kind of like, if I just enjoy talking to this person, I, I don't care about getting to know anybody else if I don't feel like it. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I've been in circumstances where, you know, I get invited over to some friend's house they have a bunch of people and you know i get stuck talking to someone that 
I don't really enjoy their company, right? That happens a lot to me. So well, why don't you leave? I, I don't know. Like you, like not even the whole thing. Just why don't you leave the conversation? Yeah. Well, I mean, I I don't know. It certain you've never been in that situation where you've been stuck talking to someone and you can't escape it without being like super rude or something like that no i don't i think i think it's because i no it's just like i gotta go to the bathroom then you go to the bathroom you come back and you just totally blow up like you just go walk over somebody else or yeah, yeah or i mean i've also just been like cool and then like walked away like i don't the the rude thing is i'm sure a lot of people find me rude yeah, well, I mean, maybe it's a necessity. <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm less worried about. I'm actually less worried. I think I think that is the difference. Is I'm less worried about like once I've decided I don't really like someone or like I'm not enjoying this conversation or it's boring or whatever. Mm-hmm. It becomes a like it doesn't matter. Like it's it doesn't matter to me what this person thinks now. So like, why wouldn't I extricate myself from this? Even if it's like a. I don't like talking about this. See you later. Yeah. Because it's just like, who gives a shit? Like, so this person I don't like is going to tell people about this or are they just going to be hurt or like annoyed by me? It's like, I don't care. I wasn't looking to pursue that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's It's not a very like, like this is the reason I'm not a charming, uh, like, you know, the dude from MBTI where it's just like, friends with everybody and everybody has a good opinion of them because I'm willing to just burn bridges if I'm bored. Yeah, that's fine. I I don't think there's any value in being like overly accommodating to every single person that you meet. Right. Mm -hmm. You have to be just willing to say, you know what, we're not gonna, you and I just, it's not happening. Mm -hmm. So let's not waste time. Right. Well, that happened at like, so the last time, yeah, I should have answered you there. The last time that I had to just, uh, you know, or the place I should say is, is our MBTI meetings. Mm. That's the place where I feel like I can't be that guy Mm. because it's like, this is something, um, this is something I want to come back to. And for me, it's like, it feels awkward to be too honest in that kind of context. Whereas like at a party or something, that's when I'm like, I don't care because this is a one-off. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like someone's birthday, it's someone's whatever, but like a reoccurring group, I am more likely to like l- l- be whatever. Yeah. Makes sense. I mean, for me, the, the, the meeting, the MBTI meeting, the, the approach I take there is cause I'm the host. I'm not even looking at it. Like I'm here to, to get something out of it. I'm, I'm like, looking at it as more like I'm building this thing and mm-hmm. I need to go there and try to get these people mm-hmm. talking. And then if this person looks like they're not having a conversation, I should try to bring them in. Yeah. Like, that's what I'm thinking about the entire time. And I, I leave it feeling like I didn't really connect with anyone because I've been just, my brain was in a completely different place the entire time. Right. Yeah. Almost business mode. Like, uh, yeah. Yeah. Making sure. Every, yeah. See, that's the thing. Like that's the thing about hosting is like, you're generally, you've just, you're in such worry mode, not, mm-hmm. not wor- like worry in the sense of worry, but like right. you're concerned with everyone's well being and uh, like yes. people feeling included, et cetera. So you're not thinking of yourself and then, yeah. Oh yeah. Totally. You, you like, can't just engage. Yeah. Like this, the, uh, 
things are starting to ease up a little bit. Another meetup group that I really enjoyed is finally starting to host again. And I'm, I'm looking forward to that way more than I, I do the, the group that I host just cause like, yeah, it's, it's a lot of pressure and work and stuff like that. Yeah. You so. get to just go be, yeah. Do you have any, uh, like requirements with friends, like the people that you consider close friends? Is there, is there anything that you're like, okay, um, you need to be able to do this or something to give you, I'll give you an example that I was thinking about today. It's like, I realized that if someone isn't willing to hang out with me just one-on-one, I don't consider them a good friend. Right. Do people, would people do that? Yeah. I, you've not, you don't get no, that. I've, I, I've... I have a few friends that it's like, you know, whenever we're hanging out, it's either we're hanging out with other people or if it's just the two of us, it's like they seem bored, right? Yeah, no, I I have zero friendships like that. Yeah, so, do, I mean, do you have any sort of, I don't know, red flags or requirements that signal to you that this is a good friend versus a not good friend? No, you see, it's, it's interesting to me because, like, it's only introverts that talk about this kind of stuff to me, about, mm. like... Um, friends that are kind of dismissive and yeah. kind of like, cause I, 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 and I think the reason is I don't think those people make it very far with me mm-hmm. because I call them out to their face. Right. Like in the sense that I'm just like, look, if you don't want to be here, don't be here. Whereas like, I feel like introverts don't ever like force that conversation. Yeah. Well, I don't like, I don't, the thing is I don't attach judgment to the level of involvement people want to have in my life. Right. Like if someone like the spectrum is someone who just doesn't enjoy my company at all to someone who in legitimately enjoys a one-on-one that's the spectrum. Mm. And I assume people are going to fall somewhere on that. Mm-hmm. Some people are, I'm going to connect with better. Some people not at all, but I don't, get upset if someone is farther down the spectrum than other people. It's just the way it is. Right. Right. So yeah, I guess that's one of my requirements is that like I see my friends. Yeah. So it's like if a, if a person's not interested in hanging out for months at a time, I don't want them occupying any space in my brain. Like, it, and this is what I was trying to say to you about, like, I think friendship is kind of different to me mm. in that only a certain group of people orbit my mind at any given time. And if I'm not happy with it, it's too much of a, it's just too much of a like distraction slash stressor. Like it's just like a, and this isn't to say like, I see my friends every week. Like I have lots of friendships that are quite, you know, maybe every month, every two months, whatever, but there's something inherently like I know, like I just know that like nothing's changed. So like I'm learning from this this complex PTSD book that like that's about I'm trying to have less friends that trigger me in any way. Mm-hmm. So there's lots of friendships I have now with like yourself or it's generally guys 
like where it's just, it's not a triggering thing to me. So it's not exhausting. So if you don't, if we don't hang out, if we don't podcast for four weeks, I'm not like worried something's changed or Mm -hmm. like you're Mm -hmm. mad at me or whatever. And so I think, I think going forward, it'll probably be a little bit different if I ever manage to resolve that kind of like whatever that triggers that abandonment shit or whatever yeah yeah i honestly yeah i don't know i other than i would have i think i would have said emotional intelligence is a real Mm. uh thing for me but like obviously like to me we're good friends so and i don't know i wouldn't say you're not not emotionally intelligent but it's not the yeah, I, I wouldn't, like, I'll say right out that emotional intelligence isn't one of my strong suits, right? But it's, it's a, it's a, um, like, it's a, like, there's just like a, a kind of, I don't even know how to describe it. It's just so much different than my other friendships, whereas, like, it, it, there's a for sure emotional connection there, mm-hmm. where, like, whereas with us, it's more like a... I think it's, I think if you, that's a requirement. Okay. That's a requirement in relationships period with me, people that are good at apologizing or admitting they fucked up or whatever. Yeah. So like, you know, you've demonstrated that a few times, like, and so it's enough for me to trust that like, if you do something to bother me and I bring it up you might apologize. Okay. Yeah. Cause there's a lot of people that are unwilling to do that kind of shit. Yeah. That, that's a big, like, fuck you. Like I can't, I can't just move on if someone doesn't like right or wrong. Yeah. Well, I, I definitely take the perspective that in any disagreement, neither party is blameless. Right. I mean, obviously there are some cases where someone could just, blindside you completely Mm -hmm. right but if it's someone that you have a friendship or a relationship with if there's a disagreement there's probably been some sort of misunderstanding on both sides that requires an apology right well and that's the thing like and and that's what i'm talking about is like i think people's people who are people's willingness to apologize so like even if i'm in the wrong right? Like, mm-hmm. and I'm apologizing. The other person's like, Oh, no, we're like, I overreact. Like, you know, like there's some kind of, I don't even know what you would call it. It's kind of like, it's not just like, a, like I remember dating somebody that was very like, yeah, it was your fault. And it's like, yeah, I know I'm saying like, I'm, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> like, and they're like doubling down on like making you feel shitty about it. Whereas like to me, a good friend is like also being like, oh, no, I could have handled it better. Or I could have, you know, said this or whatever. Like, it's not like a, neither party is worried about guilt or who's in the wrong at that point. It's about just mending. Yeah, totally. I mean, um, when I, when I'm in a disagreement with someone, my thought goes to like, how did I react improperly? somehow right yeah and that's what i'll apologize for in most cases like the thing with me is that if i'm expressing a certain viewpoint it's very unlikely for me to completely 
do a 180 on that viewpoint, right? Because I've probably thought a lot about it, mm-hmm. right? But the things that I where I might screw up is in my the way I expressed that viewpoint, or yeah, my emotional reaction to a viewpoint that another person expressed, right? Mm-hmm. So that's where I, if I'm apologizing, it's usually for that. Um, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, it, to me, I I really I've never really figured it out like I don't have a criteria but it is just like a certain it's kind of like it's kind of like the dating thing it's just like the all you're supposed to ask yourself is does this person make me feel good yeah like when I'm around this person is it easy do they make me feel good or do they make me feel bad it's like I'm pretty quick to cut out people that don't like I'm not feeling good about. Yeah, totally. I mean, well, that's that's one of the reasons why for me, if I haven't heard from a friend in a few months, that actually won't bother me because if if I then hear from that person, the only thing that's going through my head is like, do I enjoy hanging out with this person? If the answer is yes, then the amount of time that I haven't heard from them is immaterial, right? Mm-hmm. If I don't like them, it doesn't matter how many times they contact me, I don't want to talk to them, right? Yeah. See, and I, I know I'm kind of, I'm not as, like, that's the thing. If time's just gone by and then, like, I have a harder time if someone reaches out and, mm. like, I feel, that's when I feel weirdly guilty and, like, I'll go hang out or. Yeah, but, like, are you, you feel guilty, but are you, where are you at with that person? Like, do you want to hang out with them? Right? But that's what I mean. Like, I don't, I probably don't. By that point, I'm probably like, uh, like this person, if I've reached out a bunch to a person and they don't get back to me or don't say like, I'm busy right now or, you mm-hmm. know, like these days or, or whatever, like give me some indication. At some point, I'll just emotionally like, you're dead to me kind of thing. But like, then like a few months later, they like reach out and they, uh, say something or apologize. I have a hard time not immediately being like, okay, like I forgive you. And well, you, I mean, I would say that that is a forgivable offense, right? Like if, if I just, I hate it though. I hate doing it. Yeah. But like maybe, I, I mean, I don't, I don't think I've ever actually done this, but I could see myself getting into a circumstance where I just can't talk to anyone for, months at a time like I'm just too emotionally Mm -hmm. distressed I just need to cut everyone out of my life Mm -hmm. and then when the dust settles I'm now I'm like oh I should reconnect with this or this person right yeah doesn't seem like it should be a problem right yeah except yeah it shouldn't be except like if a person reach like so a person like myself if you just like decided to do this like cutoff thing right yeah, yeah would probably reach out to me like what's going on man and like if you gave me a i'm just feeling too emotionally overwhelmed whatever right now i'd be like cool like that's such a i see so if i if i tell you you know i got to i just got to take some time cuz i'm fucked up right now you're like, that's cool. But if I just drop off the face of the yeah. earth, that so, makes sense. Cause yeah. other, like, so there's two, two different things that happens. One is if you're expressing, here's why I'm going to be away for a while or whatever. 
my brain is never going to go to the place of like, this person hates me. This person hates me. Cause yeah. that's actually what happens is like, if, if someone disappears or starts ghosting or, you know, whatever, I start to get it in my head that I did something wrong. I did whatever. Mm. And eventually it'll just get to an emotional point that I'll just be like, this isn't worth it. Like, and it's all in my head. Like it's all right. created in my head, but it, it doesn't like, there's no going back from that. Cause it's just kind of like at some point my body or, or mind was just kind of like, this is too stressful. Like cut it. Like you're, you, you're, you've now yeah. killed this. Yeah. See, I'm, I, I, I see that. that. That makes a lot of sense to me. I'm not that way at all. Like I don't, if people leave my life, I don't stress about it even a little bit, right? Like I, you could literally just like, you met someone that you like so much more than I do. Mm-hmm. And you're like, screw it. I don't want to hang out with Jason anymore because this person has everything Jason has, but better. Mm-hmm. And then you guys have a falling out. So you reconnect with me. I, in that case, I would even still be cool with that. I'd be like, cool. Yeah. Let's, yeah. Like, I don't, I just don't care. Yeah. I don't know why it's, I think that I, that's actually something that maybe I kind of like about myself is that I, I'm so, um, chill in regards to friendships that I don't, I don't ever feel, uh, like slighted or anything like that. Right. Well, that's, that's the thing, right? Like whatever the abandonment trauma shit is, is it causes me to assume things or assume this is why this person's not talking to me or yeah. like it's all this problematic shit that you're supposed to address and like DBT and whatever. Right. So like I could, I think eventually get to a place like you where it's just like, mm-hmm. I, cause I am a pretty easygoing, like, like 36 year old me, very easygoing. I don't have any expectations around. Yeah who I see this, you know, whatever. Yeah. Well, one of the, one of the reasons why I'm able to get to that place is because I'll just reflect on my own desire to like certain people I just don't like. Right. And what I make sure to, to think in my mind is that's not really a judgment on them. Like they're not bad people because I don't like them. Right. We, it's just, it's just the way it is. Right. Mm -hmm. So because I'm able to make that, determination about other people it's easier to see that about myself that their desire not to hang out with me is not a reflection of me mm-hmm. it's more a reflection of them right mm-hmm. and yeah i i never get there mm, yeah i mean it's i know a lot of people like that like i have people in my life that um feel that way too right if someone doesn't put enough effort into their friendship they they want to cut them off Mm -hmm. for no other reason right yeah it's it's like a preemptive strike on getting hurt yeah like it's basically like you're gonna you're gonna throw the you know knife before they do Mm, right to like spare the embarrassment or whatever underlying thing that's gonna happen if they you know cut you off yeah or ghost you yeah i mean i guess if if it was like a weird circumstance, like I find out they were talking shit behind my back or like they declared their lack of friendship with me in a very public way or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wouldn't want to be friends with them anymore, but if it's, if they just disip- they just suddenly they're not talking to me anymore and I message them a few times, conversation doesn't go anywhere and it just sort of, 
fades out and then a few months later they're trying to reconnect i have no yeah that's perfectly okay see and this goes back to like the job interview thing right like i feel like i'm like you in Mm. relationships as far as the job interview thing yeah I really pedestal people. I pedestal friends, people I date. It's like, they're so much better than me, you know? Mm-hmm. So them, them rejecting me means like, oh, I am a piece of shit that I, or what, you know, whatever. And so it's like, oh, it is my fault. You know, like I never, I never have that ability to see like the negative or like, like, yeah. So it must be, it must come down to like, the perceived stake in the whole situation, right? Like for you, friendships, there's a lot of value potentially Mm -hmm. that come out of that. Whereas for me, that job interview matters a lot to me because I I feel like my life could drastically change depending on the job I get. So there's more at stake. So I'm much more nervous Mm -hmm. in that circumstance. Yeah, and that that is it because um, like in friendships and whatever, or relationships, I genuinely, and this is something I've noticed like in all the relationships I've ever been in, within like two dates, I already know the the benefits that I'll get from mm. knowing this person, yeah. like how I'll be able to grow or what they're gonna be able to teach me or whatever. And it always takes like time for that to develop and it's always kind of frustrating. Like I, I've talked about it a few times with people I've been with where it's just like, three months in, I'm like, I wish I could have got you to this point earlier because like I fucking knew we'd be here now, but it's like, it takes, you know, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think that like, I don't understand why I don't have that same outlook because I do get so much out of my friendships. Right. Like I do learn a lot from other people. Um, but I think for me, it's like, I know that everybody has something to teach me right so it's like if if that person it's like oh they're really really good in this way and i'm i'm not as good in that way and i have a lot to learn from them but we don't for whatever reason connect that's fine there's going to be someone else and i can get something out of them as well right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's interesting that we're talking about friendship because uh one thing i definitely have had on my mind is this book basically recommends that like while you're trying to do trauma work and whatever to cut out people, Mm. which is a very difficult idea for me. Like there's a few people that it's just like, it is constant triggers. Like that just doesn't happen with certain friendships. Can you give me an example of something that would trigger? uh, Like, it can be, it's super innocuous. Like it, it depends, like it depends what, like which person and whatever, but, um, it can be as simple as like a person telling me like the fun thing they're doing. Mm. I like that can make me feel super left out. And like that person does it all the time. So it's like a, a constant thing. You know, like, oh, yeah. So, like, it's like, oh, poof, we just went on this road trip yeah. to this festival. It was super fun. It's like, oh, thanks for inviting me. Exactly. Yeah. Asking, yeah. So, totally. like, that's always a super trigger for me. And so, like, there's just certain, yeah, I'm not looking forward to having conversations around it at all because I don't, I've never had to be like, 
I want to be friends with you, just not right now. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. can we put this on pause? It's too difficult for me. Like, it's my shit. It's not you. I just need to focus on therapy and ketamine and whatever until I get to a place that, like that shit no longer bothers me. Yeah. Well, I don't see any reason why you can do. I have, I've had people, I had a, a good friend just be like, we can't hang out right now i'm going but i mean his life like you could see he he was he was having a lot of problems and i totally understood and he was gone for like two months Mm -hmm. and he would like message me every like two weeks and be like yeah just so you know still fucked up sorry and i'm like that's cool right and then Mm -hmm. we yeah we reconnected afterwards and Mm -hmm. it was fine yeah we'll see I, I think it's because I, I have that thing of like, I just don't trust people uh, and anything they say. So it's it's kind of like this underlying, like, you know, you've expressed you want to be friends, whatever, but mm-hmm. I don't actually trust that'll be true in the future. Yeah. Like, yeah. and suddenly like six months from now, but it's, it, but it's also that thing of like, I still need to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's two comp- competing thoughts within me because it's kind of like, well, yeah, you, I, but again, I just don't want to lose. I don't want to lose something. Like I don't want to lose a cool connection just because I need to take a break. But yeah. at the same time I need to break, take the break because otherwise we're not going to be friends. Do you know what I mean? Like it's just, yeah. I mean, I mean, that is one thing I really dislike about relationships in general is how like somebody's desire to be nice makes them inauthentic. Like I just, I don't really, cause then it makes you always question like, is this person honest right now? Or are they just trying to spare my feelings? Right? Like I really dislike desire to be nice. Yeah. 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 Well, like you were saying, like when if someone were to say, Hey, listen, I'm going through some stuff right now. We can reconnect in a few months. You're questioning their motivations for saying that, right? Yeah. That I, I totally agree. Like I never know, is that person actually saying that because they legitimately want to connect in a few months or do they want me to just fuck off forever and they're just trying to be nice about it. Right. Right. So yeah. Yeah. I see. And that's why I always knew like moving to LA would be problematic for me. Mm-hmm. Like people always say like things like we should do this again, but they have no intention of ever doing it again just because it's like, that's the polite, nice thing to say. Yeah. Yeah. That, that like, cause yeah, if I generally, I can't think of a single scenario in which I'm like, we should hang out where I was like, we're never going to hang out. Like, why would I ever say that? Yeah. Yeah. Like the worst, the mo one of the most, like weirdly emotionally triggering friendships that I had was with this guy who I worked with him and we would go sometimes for drinks after work, after work. And then for some reason he said he was this other guy was starting to like try to be friends with him. And he really didn't like this guy. And he, he talked a lot about how annoying this guy was and how much he, was bothering him and I was like okay well yeah like that sucks like why don't you tell this guy to fuck and then what happened is after a few times he revealed to me that he was gay and this guy was actually his boyfriend yeah and I was like what the fuck like why did you tell me all like you spent so much time telling me 
how much this guy was bothering you and how creepy he was. And like you were lying the entire time, right? Like, yeah, I felt like I, yeah, it was tough. Oh, it's like, I, I don't care you're gay. I care that you were lying so yeah. much to me. Also, I've also encountered that so many times, but specifically that made me think of Christian girls mm. when it, when I was like 20 and stuff. They'd be like, yeah, I don't know. I like this guy is bothering me and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly it's like they're dating and it's like, yes, yes. Why were you like, so like, Oh, I don't like him. And yeah, actually, how did you end up dating? <laughs> that That's a good point that it, women do that a lot. They really actually. Yeah. yeah. All the time. It's like, ah, oh, he's so annoying. No, he's gross. Whatever. Yeah, like, and then it's like, all right, well, you're fucking <laughs> with him now. Yeah. If, if you like the guy, just say you like the guy. It, it happens. We all, we all like people that maybe have bad qualities about them. It's especially when we're young. This is how it is, right? It's a weird, like, <clears throat> I, I remember trying to analyze that at some point. And I was like, I, I figured it was a way of like downplaying like other people's judgments, you mm -hmm. know, like, like, like when the girl dates the like classic fuck boy, like she just knows she's going to like absolutely get slayed for it by her friends or right. whatever. But she's like, I don't know. I like that he wears jeans and white shoes. You know, like, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she needs to signal that she's aware of how fucked up the person is. Yeah. But she's still going to do it anyways. Yeah, Because it's exactly. fun and she wants to. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. that, That's probably it. But still, it's like, I don't know. I really like honesty and authenticity yeah. and stuff like that. Well, and that's the thing. Like, I, I think those are the kind of relationships I struggle in is if I'm having to question anything mm -hmm. like, uh, yeah, like one of our friends like that I'm good friends with, I go walking with all the time. He's so fucking straightforward. Like that guy, I'm never questioning his intent, his motives. Mm -hmm. He's just the nicest, like genuinely the nicest dude ever. So it's like, I don't ever think, I've never had a negative thought about that guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Totally. I, I, that's, that's what I want most of my friendships to be are people that it's like they're so honest that I'm super comfortable with them because I know if I do anything to piss them off, they're going to immediately call me out yes. about it. Yeah. And they're not going to be weird about it because they're just so like honest all the time and they're so comfortable with it right yeah and that is it the, the i and it's the same in relationships like i'm always like i want you to be upset mm. yeah yeah like totally. tell me when you're upset like i don't i don't want to have to guess i don't want to mm -hmm. have to like read in between the lines that like because you're being snarky or whatever that i did something today or yesterday like just yeah totally tell like let's fucking talk about it yeah like we're all human we're imperfect we're gonna piss each other off once in a while it was not something we need to get weird about yeah yeah i, I, I reading into it just makes me super anxious and uncomfortable and then i'm i'm not comfortable period and then like even when things are good i'm questioning is this person upset mm. like you know, and then it's like, I'm not in a good state. Right. Cause it's just always 
Yeah, you're just you're just not as present if you're always worrying about someone else's mindset. Yeah. So, and I mean, like, for people with high levels of anxiety, having an inauthentic friend probably just exacerbates that a lot, right? Oh, I can't even imagine. I like I partially, I kind of want to have a friend that's kind of just like to challenge myself. Yeah. Yeah. It's not fun. I mean, I've had friends that. I mean, they were so good at like saying one thing, but meaning another. It was like they were poetic at it almost, right? And it really would fuck with me because I was like, did you, what do you mean right now? Like all the time I questioned everything they said to me and it was like, it was exhausting, right? Gaslighting. Some people are unbelievably talented at it. Mm, yeah. Like, I like I can see why it works on people like mm-hmm. that don't, yeah, that don't immediately call it out yeah yeah totally you know like if you if you just kind of take someone's word or like like a lot of people are quite good at just believing the good in people Mm -hmm. whereas i'm like assuming everyone's fucking evil until they show me otherwise (laughs) like yeah or they're lying to like it's not a good way to be but like i'm just saying i think that's why i don't have gaslighty types very often because i would immediately be calling them out and being like, no, remember you said, and like, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm getting better at that too. Yeah. And I mean, I have a like super good memory. So if someone is inconsistent with me, it's like, I can pick up on it so Mm. well. Cause I would remember our conversations. I remember what you said at this time and that time. And I wish, I wish. Cause I I was, (laughs) I was just speaking today about how, um, you know, I have a, a certain friend that like, I felt like kind of abandoned me another time. Mm. And they, they kind of did it again with this like moving thing. And it's like, I can't remember the time before. So I don't actually know, like, I don't, it's not like I'm chalking up the score to be yeah. like, I yeah. should cut this person out. And so it's kind of like, it takes a while for me to like catch on to patterns like that. Yeah. I, I well, I would say like, I don't have, I'm I'm not good at keeping inventories like that. So I'm I'm similar in that way, but I remember the general sort of premise or belief behind what people are saying. Like I'm always constructing this sort of like this approximation of what each person I know sort of their their beliefs and their perspectives and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So when they say something that drastically conflicts with what I know about them already, it's like I pick up on it right away and I'm just like, whoa, what's going on here? Mm. Right. And if they don't have a good reason for it or if it's happening a lot, like they're constantly saying things that are very opposed to what they said before, then I get really suspicious of them. Yeah. So. I had, I had one really good friend that was really flaky and just lied mm. all the time in his twenties. Drove me fucking insane. Mm. Like I, I just, I remember just like, I just constantly was annoyed by like, me, like me and the other friends would be like, why does he always do this? Like, why didn't he just right. tell us <laughs> that he doesn't want to hang out or he wants to go hang out with us? Like, why is it so fucking hard for him to just be honest that he's not coming today? You know, anything like that is just be like, I don't know if I'm going to make it. It's like, you fucking know when you write that text, whether or not you're going to make, like he would say that all the time, like every time. Oh, and it's yeah. just like, 
you know, like we started to notice like every time he says that it means he's for sure not coming. And it's just like, well, why don't you fucking right. say it? So that his maybe was actually a no. It's a for sure. No, yeah. he just, yeah, just hold that is shit. annoying. But, but I mean, I think I've been guilty of that in the past where it's like, you know, that was just some emotional maturity I had to develop where it's like, I need to be okay to like disappoint people and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. I, I don't know if it was about a mo- Anyways, it just, it was so annoying. Mm. <laughs> that was the last friendship that I've ever like put up with flaky. Probably the only flaky relationship yeah. I've ever had. Yeah. If someone now was like constantly saying like, Oh, I got to cancel tonight. Like you better have something, you know, like I, mm-hmm. I cancel on people cause I get migraines or whatever. It's kind of out of my control. Right. So like sometimes that could happen three times in a row. But like if someone explains that to me, I'm almost certainly going to believe them. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, totally. I, yeah. For me, it's, it's the sleep, but for me, it's like, but sleep's va- like, that's a valid one to me too. If you cancel yeah. on me four times cause you didn't sleep well, it's like, I totally get it. That happens to me too. Yeah. The only thing I'll say for me is like when my sleep gets really bad, it's like if I was to cancel everything, I would just not be doing anything because yeah. it's like it's like a, a three week long issue. It's not like a migraine where you have it. I actually don't know what migraines are like, but yeah, in, like insomnia can come in waves and it's just like you get it for weeks and weeks and then it just goes away and yeah. stuff like that. So I get it. That's, that's, it's kind of like, um, how my schedule can get super dysregulated all mm. of a sudden it like comes out of nowhere, but it takes like, yeah, one or two weeks to get like back on track. Yeah. Like, yeah. After being like solid 11 to eight for, you know, yeah. It's months. like you need, you need to be rebooted or something. Somehow. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, I was going to ask you, do you know anything about this? So my barber is, super into conspiracies oh yeah so like he's one of these guys that's like it's out there man mm-hmm. like you know and it's like okay well, like what what reference but it, he was saying something yesterday about <laughs> the canadian armed forces putting out a dis like putting out a disinformation campaign mm. to test on people and like I like here's what I always do with conspiracy theory people. I just ask questions until it unravels and they say something like it's out there, man. Yeah. Um, I was just like, what was their incentive? Like, what's the it's like to learn stuff about the population, man. <laughs> like, OK, I, I don't I don't follow conspiracy theories because they're 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 just conspiracy theories are designed to be rabbit holes. Right. Where the more you try to learn about it the more questions seem to present themselves until you just get exhausted and you can't go any further. Right. Mm. That's what they're designed to be. So you can never really get a full picture. Yeah. And so I get frustrated trying to read about them. I think I, I think I do need to get a new barber. I really like what he does, but like (laughs) yesterday was just like, it was too much, man. He's like, I mean, you know, Trump did everything he said he was going to do. I was like, okay, man. Yeah, well, maybe he did. I, did, I don't know what you know Trump he said he was going to do. I, I follow the states all the time. He didn't get a, he didn't do a single thing that he was talking about. Uh, anyways. But that's, that's why that's their, their whole ploy, right? It's like, I don't really follow Trump that closely. So if someone says, yeah, he 
did everything i would be like yeah, maybe he he did say he was gonna fuck up the country and he did it i don't know <laughs> right yeah so i guess so if you, if you can't refute it and i mean uh, that that is how like the armed forces one went right it's like yeah. I, I know this isn't even remotely on any kind of information i'm exactly t- you know it's like you're like well if I had Google right now, I could probably refute this, but I don't because I'm in your barber chair, so yeah, I can't, right? And uh, like, I, that's always one of those situations where, <laughs> like, I want to pull out my phone and do and be that guy, yeah. like just immediately to be like, all right, what am I searching? Like, let's go through this together. Like, what site? And like, what yeah. you know what I mean? Like immediately, like we'll go over this together. So it's not just hearsay because that's where conspiracy theory lives in the, like they're just telling you information and you're trying to refute it with no information. And it Mm -hmm. just like, doesn't, but it's like, show me, show me where you got this from. Like, yeah. And it'll be something.blogspot.com. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. It's like, this guy knows what he's talking about. Like, does he? What's his credentials? Let's go look through Like, I just, I, I wish I could be that. Like I, I had a friend that would be that confrontational with mm. people when they like spouted bullshit. He would immediately call them out and like Google it and like. Yeah, I, w- I wish I should too because I heard one from that anti-vaxer who said that Lyme disease was created in a lab in like Mississauga or something like that, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, the fuck Lyme disease? Like why <laughs> Lyme disease? Like I, obviously I've never once looked into the epidemiology of Lyme disease. So mm-hmm. how the hell am I going to refute this one, right? Mm-hmm. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. But I should go, wait, stop, pulling out the phone right now. We're going to look at this immediately before you continue. Immediately or even follow up the next week. Like I, I wish, like I think that is the thing. The reason this has proliferated so much is there's so few people willing to be that person. Yeah. To actually spend time confronting the person about something stupid they told them the week before. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. you go home and you research Lyme disease and you come back and you're like, actually, I was reading about Lyme disease and it turns out it's a naturally occurring thing that first appeared in deer. Right. Um, Right. Exactly. And then they'll be like, well, that's what they want you to think. Or like, that's the beauty of conspiracy theory rhetoric, right? Is like they then say, Oh, well, the media or Wikipedia is... But the thing is, it's like these conspiracy theories, they're never completely out of the blue, right? Like, I don't know if you you were still watching Joe Rogan back when he had Alex Jones on. (laughs) Oh, my word, yeah. Yeah, like I, I actually tried to look up some of the things that Alex Jones said. The one I remember was the whole hot dogs thing where he said that like the Obama campaign spent $40,000 on hot dogs for one of their events. And hot dogs was actually like a code word for gay prostitutes or something like that. (laughs) Right. And it was just like, what the hell? Right. That's so weird. Why would the, so I actually looked into it and it's like the Obama event really did spend $40,000 on hot dogs. Mm-hmm. Right. Like that actually happened. Like, I don't know. There's no evidence to suggest that it was a code word specifically for gay prostitutes, but that's still a fucking lot of money to spend on hot dogs. Right. Like what the hell? Yeah. Right? I mean, it could be, 
It, like, who knows? But that's so weird. Like, why that, right? Like, why yeah. can it just be a mixture of gay and straight? Pro- like, all, like, is the entire Obama administration <laughs> one sexual orientation? Mm-hmm. Like, that's kind of weird, right? But that's the, that's the thing about how their brains work, right? It's like you start to get skeptical about one thing and then everything starts to sound. Yeah, yeah fucked and like oh yeah it was sunny yesterday <laughs> like yeah like like, <laughs> like the to me just to use that example if i was to imagine a scenario maybe the hot dog vendor was like a relative or a friend of someone on the campaign mm-hmm. and charged extra so they can mm-hmm. get a kickback that's the most likely yeah scenario right but yeah. that's 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 what you'll encounter with all of these conspiracy theories is if you look into it, there is going to be something weird about whatever they're showing you, right? Mm-hmm. And it's going to be hard to refute. So, yeah, except that you realize like gourmet hot dogs and whatever, <laughs> some people charge yeah, maybe, fucking $20. Maybe. For yeah, that. it could be like buffalo meat or something. Also, like how that. many people were there? True, true. Like that kind of shit. It's like, uh, yeah. Uh, it's, anyways, speaking of Alex Jones, you see that he got absolutely sued into the ground yeah there i heard some but i didn't look into it too deeply a million court cases were settled around sandy hook this week oh right yes about him saying false flag whatever he paid some families a lot of money yeah good good (laughs) yeah i hate that guy (laughs) oh i i can't even imagine how awful that was for those people it's like you have your kid die and then you have alex jones's like trolls and shit like saying you're uh you're faking it and yeah totally trying to destroy your life like some people put in their affidavit that they had to move like four or five times. Wow. Like, and so it's just like, yeah, they're getting paid unbelievable on some money for emotional distress and stuff. Yeah. That, I mean, I, then that's like what I was saying before about like, can I cut someone out of my life because of their viewpoints? And mm-hmm. I feel like conspiracies are the thing that is the cutoff point because it's so garbage, right? Mm-hmm. I, I can't, I just can't deal with that. Mm-hmm. I, there's no way for me to refute it or debate it. And it it doesn't feel genuine, right? We're in such trouble, man. What is that? Society, like in general. <laughs> because that is the move, but it's like, then they're just hanging out with other people that are into conspiracies and then they just get deeper into it and then they're running governments. Yeah, but I feel like the whole epidemic of conspiracy theories is largely a problem of baby boomers, right? Like there are people in our age group and younger who get hit by it, but it's so much more their age group that like we just have a better sense of what is true and what's false online, right? I I, I don't think, I mean, you've said this before. I don't think it is a really? age gap thing. Yeah. No, <laughs> no. I mean, I hear it more from older people yeah but like i mean i used to be more of a conspiracy whatever person like i Mm. watched um i think i mentioned it before but what was that movie called it was like zeitgeist or something Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it was like 9-11 couldn't have been jet fuel man it can't be that hot it can't melt the beams and all this Right. right yeah and i was like oh yeah and like moon landing i mean i'm still on board the moon landing was faked but <laughs> <laughs> at least that one is plausible as to what the incentive really? and reasons were no no that they, they they refuted they said that the the type of 
uh, special effects equipment that would be required to, to film mm-hmm. that in 1960 would have costed more mm-hmm. than actually sending a person to the moon. Right. But this is believing that you think it was possible to go to the moon. Anyways, right. this, this is the thing. <laughs> this is the thing. Like I, I at least see what that conspiracy theory is the, what the incentive was at the time, right? Like is to beat oh, the Russians, yeah, et cetera. Yeah. Like, and what that means and blah, blah, blah. But like, and it's also like, why haven't we gone back? You know, if we did it in the seventies, why haven't we fucking yeah. landed every fourth year since? Like, there's time elapsed with that conspiracy. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No. I'm. Hey, listen. For me, it's the Kennedy assassination. That's the one where I'm questioning what really happened. Oh, there. really? Oh, yeah. Because it's like um, Lee Harvey Oswald worked for the CIA. Right at one point in his life, that's okay. known. Yeah, and somehow in police custody, he gets shot by a mafia guy. Mm. Right, like how did how did they let that happen? Mm-hmm. Right, that's a, it's a very Epstein esque. Is he thing, the guy? Right? Is he the guy that uh, like? So I don't I don't know too much about uh, that whole deal. Like I mean, yeah. I've obviously heard of it, but it's like I don't know the like. Was he in the library right. shooting crosswinds? <laughs> magic bullet and yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know about any of that. But like, was he the guy that like, there's video of like two cops holding him and then someone walks up and shoots him in the stomach? I, I think so. He was definitely surrounded by cops when yeah. he got shot. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was, I remember seeing that video and just being like, that was really weird. It is. Yeah. Like why would, so what's the motivation behind that? Right? Like the person is in police custody. Mm-hmm. He is going to be, he's going to have a trial and he's, justice is going to be served. Why do you then have to go up there and take it into your own hands and kill the guy? I don't get mm-hmm. that, right? It makes no sense. Well, and I used to think people were super crazy about the US government and having all these like, yeah, Epstein-esque kind of weird yeah. control and all this. But then I watched that Ken Burns thing, The Untold History. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, okay, everything is now a lot more plausible to me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, the government does orchestrate this kind of shit. I don't, but the, like, it kind to me, it kind of stops at the states. Like, I don't really inherently think our government is trying to do. Okay. Good point. Do you know what I mean? Like, it just, I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't think most governments in democratically elected whatever could have the cohesion needed to keep stuff quiet. Almost. Yeah, that's true. Well, that's that's absolutely true even with the United States, right? That's the whole why I don't think 9-11 was an inside job. It's like you can't orchestrate something on that scale mm-hmm. and not have people come forward afterwards, right? Mm-hmm. It's impossible, right? There was, yeah, I mean, there had to be so many people involved. Yeah, there would, it would be like, how do you even, yeah, like the only way that I could see that being an inside job is if you, if you take CIA people and you go into the Middle East and you find someone who already wants to do something like mm-hmm. that and you just train them how to do it. Mm-hmm. That's the only real way to do it. You To actually like have an inside job where you're flying the planes, you're keeping the military occupied, all of that, it's, yeah, too much. Oh, I forgot to talk about I Ching, but I have been doing oh, it yeah, since yeah. our <laughs> last episode. Um, 
Okay, back to the conspiracy theory thing, though. The other, the really weird thing to me, and this is like, uh, this doesn't confirm or deny that they went or didn't go. Mm. Have you seen their press conference the, when they come back? Who, who are we talking about? Uh, like Buzz Aldrin, all the, oh, all the astronauts. Okay. Yeah, no, I haven't watched any of their... Watch that interview and just see what, see what you think of it. Okay. To me, if I went to the fucking moon, I'd be over the moon about it. Yeah. It's a weird, weird vibe. That's all okay. I'll say. <laughs> you should definitely watch it. It's like, and also like, so if someone, the thing that kind of like confirmed, like to me, it must be faked was Buzz Aldrin like punching someone in the face right, like three right. years ago. I, remember I was that. like, we only get mad about the things that are untrue, like, or, or, you know, are true. Yeah. Like, why would that elicit such rage for someone to say you didn't go to the moon that you punched him in the face? Like, I, anyways, just, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't feel you on this one. I yeah, mean, I, I get it. But here's <laughs> the thing. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, I'm like shit, shit talking conspiracy theorists. But there's definitely ones that are like, mm, yeah. I, well, I guess I'm a conspiracy theorist on some things. The thing is, conspiracies do happen, right? Mm-hmm. That's a fact. That clandestine plans in shadowy rooms by powerful people that does happen. We we don't necessarily know what's going on, but mm-hmm. for for sure that's going to happen at least once or twice mm-hmm. in any decade right so this is why wikileaks has kind of been amazing yeah like because yeah, exactly. it is kind of but i think it's also what's fueled the like acceleration and conspiracy theory in general is because like for example like the nsa listening in on people True. and whatever yeah it's just like it's just made everyone like hyper it's like oh like they they weren't wrong about that one so Maybe they are right about Obama's hot dogs. Like, yeah, but but that's the thing, right? Is like conspiracy theorists, they put too much noise. The the signal gets lost, right? Because you hear something like, you know, the the like the Pandora Papers, right? Like there was this huge leak not too long ago. Mm-hmm. That I remember when the Panama Papers came out, there was a lot of press. The Pandora Papers came out this year, and you hear nothing about it, right? Which one's that? It was similar. Is it just billionaires moving their money? Yeah, a lot of um, a lot of uh, what's it called, money laundering and stuff like yeah. that, right? Yeah. And it's like we don't get up in arms about that because we're so sick of hearing about you know this or that gain of function lab in Wuhan and and things like that, right? Yeah. So that's the problem with conspiracies. Is it? Uh, is it makes all of yeah, the conspiracy theorists are doing more harm than good because they're they're not being uh, good filters for what is a, a plausible issue and what isn't, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it kind of gets disseminated, and then there's too many issues, and it's like, did you hear about this? It's like, no, because I did you right. hear about this one? Yeah, <sighs> we're so screwed. Every time I every time I listen to. Um, like anything about the Stoics and stuff, talk about how like um, news and trust in the news when that erodes, that's when it like empires fall and shit like that. I'm like, yeah, oh shit, like we're we might live through that at some point, and like 
we can't afford to have it be the states because they literally police the world. <laughs> yeah, well, the thing for me that is on my mind right now is that we are we are in like historically high levels of inflation, but the government, the American government is unwilling to increase interest rates, right? And the reason why is because they're in so much debt. If they increase interest rates, they're going to default on the, their own debt, right? Hmm. So it's like they're, they're stuck in this situation where inflation is getting out of hand. They can't do anything about it because they're so leveraged. That's a recipe for the fall of an empire, right? Mm. Right there, right? Mm. I have no idea. I'm yeah, not an economist. I, well, I also have never understood mortgage rates or interest rates <laughs> ever in my life. Yeah, well, so I don't understand it that much either. This is just what I've been reading from comments on on various websites. Um, a lot of people say the reason... So the only thing you need to know is that raising interest rates is how you stop inflation from getting out of hand. Mm. And that's the... You raise the the interest rates on bonds or something and that makes all the banks have to follow suit so your mortgage rate goes up your credit card rate goes up things like that right that slows down inflation because that means less people have um access to money yeah that they, they don't they, have exactly like yeah. they can't borrow as much they have to pay more for the money they do owe so not as much there's not as many dollars chasing the goods and Mm. in the society right but right now because under trump the the american debt has just skyrocketed it's like trillions and trillions and trillions if they raise interest rates they can't make the payments on the on that debt which means they would have to default which means they would lose their credit rating all sorts of bad things would happen mm. right i the other thing i was going to bring up this week was um <laughs> Did you see Biden falling asleep at the COP? Yeah, I saw that yeah. during like <laughs> you saw the clip. I forget. What did the speaker say? Like, this is the most important thing we need to be paying attention to. And yeah. like while he's sleeping. Yeah. Well, that's sleepy Joe, right? <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> Goddamn I mean, Trump was right about that one. <laughs> one thing he, one thing he was good at nicknames, man. You True. got them to stick for people. Yeah. But and then, like, the next week, I, I think they're so screwed. I think Trump's going to have a good chance of winning 2024. Really? Legitimately. Because um, Biden, the week after the COP, whatever, he's he permitted all this oil and gas drilling in the Gulf. Yeah. yeah. More than under Trump. Like, <laughs> so. I know. It's, it's crazy that. He's like, just pissing off all the Democrats, you know. I know. It's like we. The th thing that hap thing that's happening in BC right now, it's like that is climate change in our faces, right? Like they're describing the flooding in BC as an atmospheric river, right? Like it literally, it wasn't it wasn't a glacier melted or something. It was mm -hmm. just so much rain hit that area that they having historic flooding, and this is after historic heat waves occurred this summer, right? Mm -hmm. Like this exactly what they said was going to happen and we're seeing it right now and our leaders are still not taking action it's like what the hell 
right? Yeah, well, I mean, like, did you, okay, so did you see the video? So what's it co- actually called? COP26 or something? Yeah, I don't know what, the, I don't even know what that stands for. Okay, so the, the president of this thing, you might have seen the video that went viral of him crying. Oh, possibly, I'm not sure. Anyways, talk about a, this is exactly how I view people in politics. Mm. Absolutely patting themselves on the back and this guy like breaking down, we didn't get the agreements like because they did that the last minute india switch where india like wanted to change the language from eliminate to reduce coal use Uh, and so basically everyone was like you just undermined everything we accomplished anyways everyone's like clapping for this guy crying or whatever but he's like i think we got some very important things to done here and Mm. what anyways it's like you should watch the video. It's so like, fuck you, like you pussy. Like you should have been like, uh, I mean, India fucked it. Like they, they fucked it where we didn't do anything here, but he's like, no, we got some important things accomplished. It's like, no, you, you literally didn't you yeah. by agreeing to this. Nobody is going to, and yeah, like Canada is terrible too. Like we're, we're not oh, doing yeah. shit. Like, we we're high per capita carbon emissions for sure. But I don't like these international agreements. They're not working. We've been trying this since Kyoto. It hasn't done anything. The, the solution is the United States just has to take matters into their own hands. They have to implement carbon policies in their own country and then stipulate trading agreements if you want to trade with us, you have to implement the same policies in your country and you can't trade with anyone who doesn't. Yeah. Right? Like they have the... That is their economic power. They yeah. Assert. Yeah. They have the economic muscle to implement this. And so what, what the argument people always say is like, if everyone implements carbon policies and one country doesn't, they have an advantage because they're able to produce goods cheaper because mm-hmm. they're... Mm-hmm. pumping out carbon right mm-hmm. so it's like okay that's why you use trade policies because if if you use trade trade policies to cut those countries off the global market they don't no longer have an advantage right mm-hmm. so what if they can produce goods cheaper if no one's buying it from them right yeah except the states is literally never going to do that yeah they they are They're, the they are the reason why our our world is going to kill us all right yeah I mean, they they always like laugh at Texas and whatever. It's like you guys realize you are the Texas of the world, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Everyone thinks you're stupid and going to just run everything into the ground with your dumb policies about trying to keep clean coal going and keep your dumb people employed rather than retraining and other shit. Yeah. So I think like it, we have these extreme weather events occurring, and it doesn't seem to be enough to to kick the world leaders into action what i believe will be that thing is are you familiar with the wet bulb temperature so there's this concept there's the real temperature but there's also this second measurement called the wet bulb temperature and it's how what would be the the temperature if you covered the bulb of the thermostat with like a wet cloth or something right and it's it's supposed to show what the temperature would be at 100 percent humidity mm. so 
what they're saying is at 35 degrees Celsius uh, of the wet bulb temperature, humans cannot survive Hmm. at all, Mm -hmm. right? It doesn't matter. Sure, in heat waves, the old and sick die, but healthy people survive. If it's greater than 35 degrees of this wet bulb temperature, nobody can survive that, right? Mm -hmm. So when that happens, if, if that were to happen on like a major metropolitan area, that would be freaky enough to kick people into action, right? Because that would be millions of people literally dropping dead, right? I, and I mean, you're saying it would change things. I don't. <laughs> you don't like, think? <laughs> no, I mean, how many times does like all these massive areas need to flood? Like they don't, they're just like, ah, it's what's happening with the world. So it's like, so New York has this wet bulb thing happen. It's like, good. Fuck those East Coasters. No, I don't know. stupid democratic policies. Like, who gives a shit? Yeah. yeah. They're such a divided country. They're so fucked, and they're going to fuck us all. Well, we're already headed for disaster, right? Like, not to take this podcast in a dark place, but, yeah. Like, we've already baked in some serious problems. Like, what we're seeing in BC right now that's going to be the new normal in mm-hmm. like 10 years, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe even sooner. I don't know. Yeah, it was it was this week that I've been saying, maybe maybe Gen Z was right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because yeah. like uh, I had been arguing, I think even on here, saying like, you know, with that uh, like um, cut queen girl, like yeah. her, she's so uh, cynical and, you know, who cares the future whatever yes yes the doomer yeah the doomer literally just released that episode (laughs) oh did you last week yeah yeah and so i just i'm like i was constantly trying to like push back on that that we always find a way and whatever but now i'm kind of like because of the economic incentives from people like in countries who's gonna do it and why like i can't in i can't and not to say that just because i can't envision the scenario that gets people to act but it's like it's going to take something to stop capitalism for one. Yeah, well, I mean, I I guess my faith is in really extreme events like shocking people into action, right? Like something has to happen that's just so horrifying that we get scared enough that we start to to deal with it, right? Let's hope a fire tornado burns down all of Oklahoma and they're like they're like, "Oh shit. Okay." Yeah. Yeah. We lost our huge Republican base <laughs> due to a fire tornado. Uh, or or maybe maybe just the baby boomers have to die. Maybe that's what it is. We just need that section of the population to, to get old and croak. And then the rest of us will have the political power to do something right but that's the thing i think you're ignoring about the state like i i think i brought it up on here about like people that roll coal and stuff yeah, like on yeah. bikers right like those like climate change is such a politicized thing that it's not an to me it's not an age thing it's like if you're republican you don't believe in climate change like it doesn't matter what age you are yeah. that's your party line we don't, we think, we don't care. We don't care about it. Well, so, but will millennials skew more towards, like obviously some of us are, are, are going to not care and think it's all a lie. 
but will there be enough of us? Because w- w- one thing that I don't think pe- a lot of people realize is like millennials are the children of baby boomers. So we're like, we're the next huge democratic or sorry, demographic bubble, right? Yeah. So the baby boomers are this massive group that they have the numbers to dictate everything, right? Because they're so big, the next big group is their children because they're just, they just had so much Mm -hmm. of us, right? Mm -hmm. Like I remember when I was a kid, before the term millennial came around, we were called the echo boomers, right? Because we were the, the next big lump. And so what that means is once they start to die off, we will have the political power. We're going to be the ones who get a say. And as long as, long as enough of us actually see the problem before us, then, yeah, we can do something about it. Hopefully it's not too late by that yeah, point. Yeah, but, right? but this is what I'm saying. I just, I just don't. Th- it's like the religion thing. It's like if your boomer parent hated coal, like maybe you were that person that like turned out to be, you know, yeah. crazy left wing as a response. But a lot of people don't end up doing that. They want to be like their parents. They they want to be whatever. And and like they, they do just toe party lines. So it's like, I don't, yeah, I don't see how that's going to be different. Because like you go to school and you see all this climate change shit and you're like, fucking liberals, man. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. trying to put this propaganda in my head about, you know. Yeah, well, they, the problem is they didn't fully explain it to us when we were kids. Like, when I was in school, it was like, oh, the ice caps are going to melt. And I was, I saw Waterworld and I was pretty freaked out. I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> but then I, I looked it up and it said, like, with all the, if all the ice caps melt, it's going to raise sea temperatures by a couple meters. And I was like, a couple meters? Big deal, right? I'm 2,000 feet above sea level. Don't have to worry about it. They didn't tell us about, you know, these historic droughts and atmospheric rivers and massive wildfires Mm -hmm. and food shortages and huge, like, refugees that are having to migrate through across continents and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Like, that's what they should have been. I mean, I guess they only know so much 30 years ago, but... Yeah, I watched a. <clears throat> so like I've always like you know joked about like when will the states invade us? Mm. I think, so I think they were saying if the temperature goes up, I think it was like three degrees or something. There's like no place in the states that would be able to grow crops. Like they just showed uh, the water table, yeah, like coming yeah. up to. Can- I was like, they're gonna take us over for sure at some point if they can't True. grow crops. Oh yeah, we're on like. <laughs> we're on such prime land right now. Like we have more, we have more water in Canada than the rest of the world combined or something Mm -hmm. like that. Like we Mm -hmm. have a crazy amount of fresh water. We have a Northern climate that will hopefully not be so crazy bad for people. Yeah. We're, we're that, we're that like skinny nerdy dude who's dating like the hottest girl (laughs) in school and we're suddenly realizing all the jocks are going to start paying attention Definitely. to us. The other thing is the, um, the, I learned this, like it was something like six or seven countries have 87% of the world's trees. Oh yeah. That blew yeah. my fucking mind. I was like, okay, our maps do not accurately show 
like mm-hmm. our countries. Like, yeah. have you ever seen that website where you can drag countries over yes. top of other countries? Yeah. I remember like taking Russia and like seeing, I was like, holy shit. But anyways, I couldn't believe like, yeah, 87% of the trees. And unfortunately they're all like in countries like, like quote unquote first. I, don't, I know we're not supposed to say first world countries anymore, but like countries that are capitalist have all the money and are yeah. not going to give a shit about Tuvalu going underwater. Right. Totally. <laughs> like, yeah. like we don't have the well, I mean, incentive. Yeah. Like that, that website you mentioned is, is very eye opening Cause like the one that really was crazy to me was Indonesia, mm, right? Mm-hmm. Like on our maps, it's like this tiny Island chain. But when you move it over Europe, it stretches from Britain all the way down to Italy, right? Yeah. Like it stretches the entire length of Europe. Yeah. And they had a massive rainforest that they just clear cut it. And it was like one of the largest, it was like second to Am- the Amazon, right? And oh, it's, really? Yeah. It's lost so much trees in that area. And we never even thought about it because it seemed like such a small piece of land yeah. to us, right? That I mean, I did, I don't think I knew that about Indonesia, but uh, like, it makes sense. I mean, it immediately makes sense to me why they have so many different uh, languages yeah. on all these different islands. Like, yeah, if you have giant geographical yeah, space. Yeah, it's a it's a big place. I mean, it's it's not big compared to Canada, but yeah, it's big compared to something like Poland or yeah, 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 something like that. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the Winners Do Drugs podcast. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can reach us at winnersdodrugspodcast at gmail.com or you can visit our subreddit, winnersdodrugspod, on reddit.com.